Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. Now, you can already tell that something different is happening. I have uh, felt for a little bit that the Lord has been asking me to challenge the church in the area of praise and worship. And so we are going to take the next two weeks to do just that. But I always believe when you preach on worship, it shouldn't come after the worship. It should be a part of what's happening in the worship service. And so today we're going to do the rest of our service a little bit different. Um, I'm going to share for a little bit, and, and I've got a, a two-part message that I'm going to share some this week and some next week. And then after I'm done sharing, we're going we're gonna to worship. And, and, and then I've invited some of our praise team members. You know, they stand up here every, every Sunday. They look good. Ricky especially got his tie-dye bandana on today, that pink bass, looking good. And I don't know that you know them. It's really easy to not follow somebody you know, or, or, or said it more correctly, it's actually easier to follow somebody you know. So I will be inviting a few of them, I've told them, I'm not springing it on them, to come and share a little bit. So this morning, Darren will be sharing, and Eli will be sharing, and Julia will be sharing. And at the end of each moment, they're going to invite us into a worship song that means something to them. I'm going to lead a worship song in a moment myself this morning. Because worship is not just something we do because we have to. So I have to begin with a story. So we're sitting um, in my living room uh, on, on Oak Manor a number of years ago. And uh, Derek Neff, if you guys know Derek, um, he was driving a big bucket truck. So he had a big arm. He used to work on signals and signs and things like that. So he was at the house, and he came with this big bucket truck. And I see Benjamin staring at the bucket truck. And he's just in awe of this bucket truck. He was little. I mean, he was, he was probably four or five, and he's staring at this bucket truck. And he goes, Dad, you could drive that bucket truck, couldn't you? And I'm like, well, I guess I guess I could. He goes, you could you could totally do that bucket truck, couldn't you? I'm like, yeah. You, you could do like work and stuff, right? And I'm like, well, yeah. So I'm figuring I'm catching a theme here. I'm like, well, well, Bob, well, I I already have a job. And he says, well, Dad, all you do is sing, sing, sing. See, I was leading praise and worship at the time. He had no idea what else I was doing. So I'm like, Bob, I'm, I'm, I'm the youth pastor. Leading praise and worship is just one of the things I do. And he's like, well, I don't know. And he wanted, later he wanted me to wrestle alligators like, like crocodile, whatever his face is. And I remember laughing because Benjamin was like, well, all you do is just sing, sing, sing. Like this was a deplorable job for a dad to have. And sometimes I think we don't really understand why we sing, sing, sing in church. And this morning... In the next two weeks, really, I want to answer the question, why, why do we worship? I want to tell you why I worship. We're going to tell you why we worship. Because I want this place to be a place of prayer, absolutely. I want it to be a place of the Word, absolutely. I want it to be a place where people meet Jesus, absolutely. But I want it to be a place of worship. Because when we get right in worship everything else falls into place. We don't just sing a few songs on Sunday morning because it's what you're supposed to do in church. We believe there's purpose to what we do. And I want to begin this morning by talking a little bit about that. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in some Scripture for a few moments. I want you to go to Psalm chapter 150. See, I believe that when we understand worship, when we worship, we do three things predominantly. And I'm going to deal with these three things over the next few weeks. The first one that we do is it reminds us. When we go to worship, we are reminded of some things. And I want to talk this morning a little bit about what we're reminded to do in our times of worship. Um, in Psalm chapter 150, it says this, Praise the Lord! Exclamation point. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. 
Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dance. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the sounding cymbals. Praise him with the loud crashing cymbals. And all drummers everywhere said amen. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And he ends this psalm by saying it again. Praise the Lord. And I want to pull out from this two things this morning. It says, we must praise him, his mighty deeds, and his excellent greatness. When we approach the Lord, we are reminded of his mighty deeds. We are reminded of his excellent greatness. That speaks of what he has done, and it speaks of who he is. When we approach him in praise, we approach to recognize When you read through the Old Testament, there is story after story of God doing things. And and, and there are verses that talk about it, but Jesus loves to paint pictures for us. And so he includes the stories so that his character is revealed in what he does. We can't separate what he does from his excellent greatness. That's his character. And so as we look at the Word, when we look through the, the Bible, God has given a whole bunch of different names. I want to rehearse those names for you. God Almighty, God Most High, Master, Lord, Banner, Shepherd, Healer, Present, Our Righteousness, One Who Sanctifies, Everlasting, Provider, uh, Commander of Armies, Timeless, Giver of Life, Mighty, God Who Sees, Creator, God With Us, Shepherd, Our Rock, The Word, the Anointed One, our dwelling place. God, through these stories, reveals things about His character. So when He delivers His people in battle, He becomes their banner. When He provides for the miraculous, He becomes their provider. God tells stories throughout Scripture to reveal His character. So we see His deeds, but we also see who He is. When we worship Him, we worship because of what He has done and who He is. I want you to see that. We worship because of what He has done and who He is. It reminds us, when we come together and worship, it reminds us of what He has done and who He is. I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We're going to read in verse 8. Not only does it remind us of his mighty deeds and his excellent greatness, it reminds us of his love for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you've been in church any amount of time, you've heard this before. I want you to see what's happening here. Jesus doesn't wait until we get our stuff together before he dies for us. Jesus dies for us in order to help us get our stuff together. We are, his love is demonstrated to us that he sent Jesus while we were lost in our sin. When I found Jesus, I didn't find him then going, oh, I need to go show you my love. I need to go send Jesus. I I found him as one who had already died for my sin. He paid a price that I could never pay, and yet I owed. Jesus is perfect. He requires perfection. I am not, and I will never be. While I was lost in my sin, he died for me. That is good news. That is incredible news. That is great news. That news makes me go, are you kidding me, Jesus? You did what? Are you out of your mind? It says if you read on, you might die for a good person, but you ain't certainly dying for a bad person. That's the Chris Dubbs translation. And yet Jesus, while we were lost, while we were incapable of helping ourselves, he helped us. He died for us. We worship because he died for us. He worshiped because he died for us. When we worship, it reminds us of his love for us. That's what it says. God shows his love for us that Jesus died for us while we were lost in sin. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 
chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. When we worship, it reminds us of His mighty deeds and excellent greatness. When we worship, it reminds us of His love for us. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I tried and tried to find a different way to, to phrase this, but we are, we are called to proclaim His excellencies. What are His excellencies? His excellencies are that He chose us. I don't know about you, but I think we're a little unexcited about that. Jesus, up in heaven, looks down on His creation, sees our helpless state, and says, I choose them. I choose to do something in them. I choose to do something for them. I choose to be something for them because they will never get to me on their own. They'll never measure up on their own. He chose us. One of his excellencies is that he chose us. One of his excellencies is that he looked down from heaven and said, I pick them. We're not the last ones at the end of the line that nobody wanted at kickball. We are the first ones. He said, I choose them. That's one of his excellencies. The other of his excellencies is that once we had not received mercy, but now, woo! I'm a little bit excited this morning. Because when I think about worship, I recognize that he chose to give me mercy. Once I didn't get mercy, now I have mercy. When we worship, we worship because we have received mercy. I don't get what I deserve. Oh, Jesus, help me. I want you to think on that. I didn't deserve it, and yet he gives it to me. Anyway, once I had not received mercy, but now I receive mercy. Woo! Guess the brother excited. Psalm chapter 103. Not only do I get mercy. We worship, and it reminds us of his mighty deeds and excellent greatness. We worship, and it reminds us of his love for us. We worship, and it reminds us of his excellencies. We worship, and it reminds us of his benefits. Psalm 103, and I'm going to read the entire psalm to you. It's not too terribly long, but, I, but, but I, well, most of it, through verse 14. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. See, when we get Jesus, we get extra stuff. Not only do we get mercy, not only do we get forgiveness, but we get more if you can handle it. Who forgives all of my iniquity, who heals my diseases, who redeems my life from the pit, who crowns me with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies me with good so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide nor really keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As for the east, as far as from the west, does he remove our transgressions for us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He forgives, he heals, he redeems, he crowns, he satisfies, he remembers. We get a lot of stuff when we get Jesus. When we worship, when we worship, we remember his benefits. The enemy wants to convince us as far as the east is from the west, does he remove our transgressions from us? I don't understand it. 
because I remember my own transgressions. When we worship, we are reminded of his benefits. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. When we worship, it reminds us of his mighty deeds and excellent greatness. When we worship, it reminds us of his love. When we worship, it reminds us of his excellencies. When we worship, it reminds us of his benefits. When we worship, it reminds us of his presentness, his presence. The Lord is my shepherd. This is verse 1 of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. This verse speaks of God's provisions. I don't want. I got pastures. I have still waters. He restores and he leads me on right paths. God provides through his presence everything that we have need of. But in addition to that, he also protects us. I could walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that place of death. I could walk through the valley and I wouldn't have to fear because I know that he is with me. When we worship, we remind ourselves that his presence changes everything. It doesn't matter if I'm on the mountain. It doesn't matter if I'm in the valley. It doesn't matter if I'm in between. The reality is we worship because he's with us. And when he's with us, everything changes. This morning, I'm going to lead a song entitled Mountain. I want to read the words to you. I've seen your grace from the mountain. I've felt you there in the valley below. I see your love and your mercy. It's guiding me home. I know you're in every season. I feel your hand bringing peace and control. Jesus, your love is my anchor. You are my only hope. So I will trust in you and I will not be moved. Because high on the mountain, I will be lifting my voice. And in the valley, I will be dancing for joy. In every season, you are worthy. In every moment, you are wonderful. The third verse says, you are my light, my salvation. My God is with me, so there's nothing to fear. Jesus, our hope and our redemption, your presence is here. We're going to sing this song. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to worship this morning because you remember his mighty deeds. I want you to worship this morning because of his love for you. I want you to worship this morning because you remember his benefits. I want you to worship this morning because his presence, his presence is here. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Seen your grace from the mountains. I felt you there in the valley below. I see your love and your mercy. Your God and me whole. I know you're in. salvation. 
be seated for just a, a minute. I'm not uh, expecting to take as long. I'm actually kind of upset, Pastor Chris. Okay, I'm sorry. You, you aren't supposed to be so exciting that whenever I get up here <laughs> and Joy and Eli get up here, we have to let them down. I, okay, keep in mind, okay, we're not up here every week preaching, okay? So the same energy you give Pastor Chris, even if we don't deserve it, come on. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, my name is Darren, if you didn't know already. Um, my prayer this morning and this week has been twofold. The next couple of weeks, as Pastor Chris, we're going to focus on worship. And so my, my first prayer is obviously I, I want to encourage you in your worship. That's my goal. But the other side of that is I want you to see that as you hear the testimonies of some of the leaders, you hear some of the trials and hopefully some of the victories that we've had in our life, that you'll see that you're not alone in any struggle or any victory that you have. I've kind of learned in the last couple of weeks when Pastor Chris and Amy was sharing their testimonies, they were saying things like, I don't want to bring it up and maybe hurt him again, but <laughs> ugliest boy in seventh grade. I've had that experience before. You're not alone in that. I've, I've been across the country without family, my wife and I, across the country without family, without friends, starting over in those, that struggle that you go through, you know? So you're not alone in that. And two of the biggest lies that I've learned that the enemy likes to use against us is, number one, you're alone. And number two, you can do it all alone. Neither of those is true. Neither of them. That's why we're the church. 
We come here, we encourage, we lift each other up, we share in each other's trials and we share in each other's triumphs. That's the purpose of us being here. So you're not alone. Even people might be watching at home. You're not alone and you can't do it alone. We're here for each other, amen? Oh my goodness, I'm already off topic, sorry. So as I sat and thought about this question, why do I worship? I was kind of torn between two different paths because I grew up in the church. I took my naps under the pews like probably a lot of you did. I may have been taking a nap at someone's feet you know, that's here when I was a child. So I've been trained in the church way of speaking. I've been trained in the church way of acting. You come on Sunday, you put on your best Sunday face. Everything's great, everything's perfect, God is good. So whenever we're asked this question, why do I worship? I know because of my years of training in church, I know to use words like hope, peace, and joy. I know that's what you should say. And all those things are true. God is all that. God is hope. God is peace. God is joy. All that is true. I wouldn't be lying by saying that. But I have to ask the question, what do I do? What do I say when I'm feeling hopeless? What do I say then when in the midst of my battles with anxiety and insecurities? As a worship leader, how do I navigate that journey where my calling in leading worship is to encourage and exhort and kind of create an atmosphere that people can worship in? What do I do when I don't feel that? And at the same time, stand up here in front of, I don't know, a couple hundred people staring at you and have to remember all my guitar chords and have to remember the words and have to try to sing on key, which is a struggle for me, okay? It's a thorn in my flesh, I understand that, okay? But how can I do all that but still be authentic with people? It's a struggle. And as I prayed about these questions, God began to deal with me. I was reading his word, and he began to deal with me. Through his word, he reminded me of this, that through scripture, I can do this because I serve a God that knows me better than anyone or anything ever could. And yet, he knows me. And yet, he relentlessly pursues me anyway. Why does he do that? He knows me. He knows I don't deserve it. But yet, he pursues me. And I can remember that I serve a God that I can be completely authentic with. I can share all my fears. I can share all of my frustrations, all my failings, all my faults. And he responds with scripture like we find in Romans 8 that says nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Not affliction, not anguish, not persecution, not famine, not nakedness, not danger or sword, not even death or life, not angels or rulers, not things present or things to come, no height or depth or anything has the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I worship because when I feel no worth, when I'm in the depths of despair, he still leaves the 99 to find me. And there's, there's good news. Can I share the good news? It's not just me. It's all of us. He does it for every one of us. He sees you in all of your baggage. He sees you in all of your hurts, all of your insecurities. And he still passionately, unashamedly pursues you. Pursues us all. Why? I don't know. I don't, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. And all I can do in return is just surrender and worship. That's why I worship. I don't deserve anything that I get. I don't deserve for him to love me. But yet he comes after me time and time again. We're going to sing this song, uh, Reckless Love, as Shannon begins to play. I'm going to read some thoughts from the, uh, the songwriter about this song. And he says, when I use the phrase, the reckless love of God, I'm not saying he's reckless. He's not crazy. I am, however, saying that in many regards, the way that he loves is quite so. What I mean is this, he's utterly unconcerned with the consequences of his actions in regards to his own safety, his own comfort, and his own well-being. His love bankrupted heaven for you and for me. He doesn't wonder what he'll lose by putting himself on the line. He simply puts himself out there on the off chance that you and I will look back 
and give him that same love in return. His love will leave the 99 to find the one every single time. And finding that one lost sheep is and always will be supremely important. His love isn't cautious. It's a love that sent his own son to die a gruesome death on a cross. There's no plan B with the love of God. He gives his heart completely. Make no mistake, our sins pain his heart. And 70 times seven is a lot of times to get your heart broken. Yet he opens up and allows us back in every single time. His love saw you when you hated him and all logic said they'll reject me. But he said, I don't care what it costs me. I'll lay my life on the line as long as I get their hearts because he's just that good, he's just that kind, and he's a father that never gives up. Can we just stand again? We're just, just begin to worship him. Just thank him for his love this morning. Thank you for your love, Lord, your relentless, reckless love, Father. Come on, just call out to him. You can lift your hands, whatever you want to do. up the shadows this morning there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me yes lord 
Snow wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Come on, come on, sing it. Snow shower you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. Sing it one more time. No shadow. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. And oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. No, He chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the night. I didn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. rest in his love this morning rest in the fact that he loves you and he pursues you and he's worthy of our worship because of when we don't deserve it and we didn't earn it thank you lord that you meet me where i am with everything that i have you meet me there lord you pursue me thank you for your love lord So when Chris asked me to talk about why I worship, my first thought was, how do I weasel out of this? <laughs> Frankly, um, I feel awful naked without a guitar at the moment, um, so please bear with me a little bit. <laughs> but as I started thinking on the question, I looked back at to how I got here, so I'm going to take you on that story first and get you to, to my answer. Um, so 10 years ago, 14-year-old Eli picked up a guitar and decided to teach himself because he wanted to meet girls. Um, it worked, by the way. Um, <laughs> but very quickly into that, I also realized I had a calling to try and use my newfound skills um, in the church. So I went to Steve, who was the youth pastor at the time, and told him I wanted to play on the team. And without hearing me play a single note, he said, sure, come on. <laughs> so he put together a little team of teens. Um, I think Riley was, was there at the time, too. Um, and we got together in that first practice, and we were bad. It was, it was so, so bad. <laughs> and you think, oh, you must be exaggerating. We had youth leaders leaving the room because it was so bad. <laughs> but over time, skills became much better. I moved and transitioned to playing up here on Sundays, and that began a 10-year journey of getting to play worship in quite a few different churches, different college ministries, and just learning about the nature of worship as I went and proceeded through that. Um, and if I had to pick probably the hardest lesson to, or one of the most important lessons that I've learned from all that is that worship is hard, a lot. Um, I would like to say that I'm super spiritual and I've never thought about sleeping in on a Sunday morning instead of coming here, but that would be a lie. And even more, more really realistically, sometimes when I am here, I just feel so beaten down and exhausted that I don't feel like I have anything else left to give in worship. So why even try? Just stand up here, get my chords out, and get, be, be done. Um, but that is why I like the song that we're going to sing so much, Gratitude. Shane, you want to start? Give me a little something. Um, because of how raw and honest that it is as it explores a desire to worship when you don't feel like you have anything worth giving. So, um, all that being said, the reason I worship is because despite feeling that way, never once have I regretted pouring out what little I had left. And that's what I think this song um, puts so beautifully. So if you wanna stand with us, we'll, we'll start singing.
I'll be seated one more time. Um, hi, I'm Julia, for those of you who don't know. Um, before I say what I was going to say, it did not work. That's not why I married him. It's not because of the guitar. And I play better than he does. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, when I was asked if I was willing to speak, here's the thing. I don't like talking. 
Well, I like talking. I like chatting. Amen. I, I tell people all the time, I will stand up here and I will sing for you all day long. If you ask me to speak words out of my mouth, that is the most terrifying thing I could ever do. But I sat and he told us, he said, yeah, just tell me by Sunday. This was on Thursday. Sunday rolls around. I put it on my mind and I was like, well, I forgot to say I'm willing. It's okay. You know, maybe, maybe it wasn't the right thing. Maybe I wasn't supposed to do it anyway. And then Darren texted me and said, are you willing to speak? And <laughs> I said, well, comfortable is a strong word, but willing, yes, because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, I kind of went about this thought of why I worship a little bit differently. Um, I grew up in church, grew up, you know, singing a lot of hymn churches, some churches with more modern worship. We hopped around a lot, um, basically went where my mom played piano. So I grew up with music. I grew up as a musician. I play guitar, I play piano, I sing, I was a musical theater, I did every dance style you could ever imagine. If you can think about a kind of dance, I've done it. Um, so music was always important to me. So worship was just kind of the same. It was just more music, it's just the music you sing on Sunday instead. Um, but my thoughts about worship changed uh, a few years ago. Um, I had... Without going into detail, there was some issues between me and my family. Um, a huge divide, lots of arguments, a lot of mean things were said on both sides, a lot of hurt. Um, and I'm the kind of person who, when I have hurt and I'm upset or angry, I push it down, I bottle it up, and then eventually it will explode and you do not want to see it. Um, but that's what I was doing. I pushed it all down, I was angry. Pretty much all the time, I just didn't talk about it. Um, if it was brought up, I'd get mad, I'd cry, and that was that. Um, but eventually, it got to the point where I had to make a choice. You know, was I going to keep doing this that was really unhealthy for me, really bad, or was I going to finally let go of it and become a better person, become the person I was supposed to be, and it sounds like an easy choice, but it's not. Uh, when you have all that anger inside of you, it's hard to let go of. Um, but so one day, I, um, I work at Chick-fil-A. For those of you who don't know, I'm the chicken girl. Um, but so I have about a half an hour drive to work, and I always put on my worship music um, as I'm driving just to get in a good frame of mind for the day. and. I don't know. It's just something that I've enjoyed doing. Um, but I have a long playlist. I just, if I hear a song that I think is kind of cool, I throw it in my playlist. I throw my playlist on shuffle as I'm driving, and I listen to my music. Um, and one day, uh, there was a song that came on, and I'd heard it a couple of times. I liked it. Didn't really listen to the words all that closely. Um, so I hadn't really processed what it was saying. Um, this time I did. This time it hit me, and I started asking, why am I not letting go of this? Why am I, you know, focusing on bad things? Why am I not giving myself time to sit and look at all the good that is in my life? Um, I don't have, like, a huge testimony of, you know, I was down in the dumps and all these terrible things happened to me and God pulled me out of it, but my life's always been good. And why was I focusing on this one setback? Um, but so I, I was listening to this song, and of course I started crying. I'm an emotional person. Um, but I don't know. I, I was listening, and I, through this song, God told me, you have to let go of the anger so that you can do my work. Um, and I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> Why are you asking me to do this? That's hard. I don't enjoy it. Um, but I 
you know, repeated the song about six or seven times, <laughs> listened to it over and over and over, because I obsess over songs like that. Some of you might. <laughs> um, but I listened, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with the anger. I'm done with the hurt. I'm done with the tears. It's time to move on. It's time to heal. Um, so that's what I've done. And since then, there have been a lot of times I go to work and I work with teenagers and all the kids ask me about church and I'm more approachable. They ask me, you know, why do you care to go to church? Why do you put so much effort, so much energy, so much time into ministry? Why do you do that? And I've had so many opportunities to talk about who I am, who God is, um, who he is to me. And it's really changed a lot of things for me. Um, but, okay, so why do I worship? Um, it's not just music anymore. It's, you know, I've had the opportunity to see even just the little things um, that you can do, just a simple hello, a smile to somebody who might be hurting, um, uh, how are you doing that is very actual, genuine, and I care about your answer. I've seen the way that those things can change people, and I worship God because he lets me do that. I worship him because he uses me to do that. Um, I, I don't just worship, I mean, obviously all the things that everyone else has said is true, he died for me. It's incredible, but my worship became so much more than that. It became so much more genuine. Um, and so we're going to sing the song that I heard that day. And I don't know, you guys might be tired of this. It's our new, new song that we introduced a few weeks ago. But this song kind of changed me and changed my perspective on a lot of things. And so I wanted to share it one more time with you guys. Um, before we sing it, there's a line in the first verse that says, broken as my life may be, I will give you every piece. And that line hits me because I might be angry, I might be sad, I might have anxiety or fear or whatever might be going on. Life happens, life sucks sometimes and it's terrible. But no matter how broken you are, if you give him every piece, he will put you back together. He will work in you for your good and he will work through you for the good of others. So we're gonna sing this song. If you all wanna stand, if you wanna remain sitting, it just it's a time of worship. It's for you to give yourself to him, to give over what burdens you might be carrying. And if this isn't your moment, that's okay. Um, just listen, I, it's a simple song. But the words hit me, and I think it's an important message to remember.
sacrifice use me how you want to God have your throne within my testimonies you've heard the word but, but the question remains is if you don't know Jesus if you have invited him into your life if you haven't asked him to be both Savior and Lord then all of this is people talking about stuff that kind of makes no sense to you so before we close I don't want to take a long time but if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Maybe you're here and it's been a long time since you've committed your life or you, you've wandered away and you want to get back. We're going we're gonna to sing this again. Because at the end of it all, that's really all that it is. It's saying to the Lord, here I am, broken as my life may be. I give myself to you because I need you as that Savior. I need you as that one that died for me. I need you as the one of benefits. I need you as the one of encouragement. I need you as the one of all the stuff that was talked about this morning. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, I would love to pray for you. I would love to, to, to lead you in that. So I'm going to pray in a moment, and we're going to go back into singing this song. And if you're here and you need to spend some time with the Lord, maybe it has nothing to do with any of this, I'm going to open these altars to you. If you would like someone to pray for you, come on down. One of our elders will find you. But let's take a moment and just give ourselves to the Lord. I'm going to go down over to what is my left and your right. If you don't know Jesus, it's really simple, but it's really profound. You just have to invite him in. You need to give him permission. So I'm going to go stand over to my left and your right. And if you're here and you don't know him yet, then I want to encourage you, be bold, man, be brave. Step out of where you are. Come find me. I'd love to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to, I'm just going to pray. We're going to talk to Jesus together. So I'm going to pray, and praise team is going to continue to lead in this song. And then if you need to go, you're free. But if you don't, I want to encourage you to, to wait in his presence a little bit. I want to encourage you, if you have a need, to come forward and see if you can find someone to pray with you or you can just spend some time with the Lord about what's going on and we can end with the worship of giving ourselves to him Father Lord I thank you for your presence that I have felt in this place over and over and over this morning you are a good God Lord we are reminded of who you are. We are reminded of your love for us. We are reminded of what you've done for us. We are reminded of how you bless us. We are reminded of how you reach out to us. You chase us. You love us. You embrace us. You take us as we are, even if you don't leave us as we are. Lord, no matter how broken we are, Lord, we give ourselves back to you as a church. We worship because of these things. Father, as people all eventually leave this place today, will you go with us? Will you walk with us? Lord, I pray tonight at the fair 
Lord, it would be fun. It would be good. Lord, I also pray for some divine opportunities tonight. Father, as we give the next few moments over to you, Lord, for those the ones that have need, Lord, help them to find you. For those that need to meet you, Lord, give them the boldness to come forward. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name.